welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Today, we are blessed to have Shannon Kaiser on the podcast. She's the best-selling author of Adventures for Your Soul, 21 Ways to Transform Your Habits and Reach Your Full Potential, Find Your Happy and Find Your Happy Daily Mantras. We talk about some of those books in this podcast episode. She's also an A-list blogger. I personally found Shannon via her awesome articles on Mind Body Green. She's an international inspirational speaker and also my coach. Yep, Shannon is my business coach. Shannon has her online home over at playwiththeworld.com and that's where you can find her. There she shares her messages of inspiration and you can join her community to get a free guide of how you can live your life to the fullest. So if you want to grab that after this episode, head over to www.playwiththeworld.com. For me, it's pretty freaking fantastic to have Shannon on the Here to Thrive podcast. She's been with me on my journey from more or less the beginning and was well aware of everything I've been doing behind the scenes. She's been my cheerleader and supporter. That includes helping me get this podcast off the ground. She was the first person I think I said out loud to that I was considering launching a podcast and her support has always meant the world to me. But in this podcast, I get to pick her mind for not just myself, but for all of us. Specifically in this interview, we're covering what believing in your future self actually means, how you can start creating a life that your future self is going to thank you for, what it looks like to move away from a life that doesn't fit you anymore, how the recent political climate has pushed many of us into a really fearful state and a lot of us are in that fearful space unconsciously and how we can override our fear and put ourselves back into a positive space in our lives. We also talk about how we can reclaim our personal power and that is as relevant in a collective kind of consciousness, as well as it is in our personal lives. Finally, we're talking about trusting ourselves and what that actually looks and feels like. So there is so much goodness in this podcast episode. You seriously may need a pen in saying that you can always listen to it again. Let's get on with the show. Shannon, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's a real joy to have you on Here to Thrive. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks. I ask at the start of every interview I do about people's experiences in life up until this point, and I always find it really interesting when we go back to our childhoods. 
Can you tell me a little bit about your story? I'd love to go back to who Shannon was as a child. Yeah. Where did you grow up and what was childhood like for you? That's a great question. I think a lot of it does go back to childhood because when I was a child, I had a really good childhood. I had parents that absolutely loved me, but they were workers, so they weren't home around and they weren't around a lot at all. So I was alone and I spent a lot of time alone, but I had a best friend that was my dog named Sandy at the time. And we used to go play in nature and I would take my journal and I would write poetry about the birds and the trees. And then like when I went to school, I would be made fun of because I'd sit in the grass and like write and, and, and I started to get bullied and people, you know, they're like, that girl's so weird. So I kind of at a very young age around nine really is when I developed this lack of self-confidence and this kind of fear of something's wrong with me. I don't fit in. And, and I actually developed eating disorders very young by binge eating and trying to stuff my feelings with food. And, and that carried through because I was just being myself and I didn't feel accepted as myself. And so flash forward, move us into maybe high school. And I became an overachiever and worked really hard. I always got great grades and I was very social and it was very important for me to like have a mission and I was going to go into advertising. That's what I wanted to do. I could use my artistic skills to change the world by selling people, people like things that they loved. So I went into advertising and for all through my twenties, I dove head in and I was like, this is it. This is my life plan. I'm going to just be superstar advertiser, run my own agency by the time I'm 30. This is great advertising. They make a lot of money. And I was making a ton of money. And I was also dating a man who wanted to marry me. And I was living in Chicago at the time in this gorgeous loft, like the type of lofts you see in the magazines or Pinterest. I had it all. I really did. But on the inside, it was a completely different story. Many days at work, I would actually cry myself um, in the bathroom. I would have to excuse myself because the anxiety was so fierce. I cried myself to sleep almost every night next to a person, you know, in the bed. And it was very sad because I was also addicted to drugs and painkillers. And I was completely consumed with eating disorders that had taken over my life as far as um, really not being able to function unless I was like trying to control my eating and over-exercising. And I went to the doctor and she diagnosed me with clinical depression. And I had a wake-up call. That night I came home and did what I did every night before, which um, cycled through my eating disorder and was crying on the cold bathroom floor. And this time was different though, because I said, I can't keep living someone else's life. This isn't my life. I thought this is what I wanted, but it doesn't feel good at all. I need help. And in that moment, the air around me thinned out and I heard a message that I had never heard before. And it was almost like the angels, God, my higher power, they're coming in and saying, Shannon, follow your heart. And what I know today is that that was my inner voice speaking my truth. And at the time, I didn't know what my heart wanted. I just knew everything I was living was was not serving me and it was toxic. So I stood up, splashed water on my face, flash forward to seven years later, which I am here right here on the call with you. I am living my dream job. I am an author, a coach, and I have found my purpose in helping other people find their purpose. And so, of course, we'll talk about the steps I took to get from there to here. But every day... I honor my heart and my heart is my compass forward and I help others do that as well. So coming back to that moment when you're on your bathroom floor and you hear that voice, which you sort of acknowledge was perhaps your intuition, your inner voice, some higher power. 
do you feel like you were in tune with that as a child when you were writing with your dog in the, yes. in the, you know, in the nature? And did you sort of move away from that through your teenage years and 20s? Is, is that what kind of it felt like for you? Yes, absolutely. The first question I asked myself when I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was still in advertising is, well, what did you do as a child when you felt like your best self? And there was key elements there. I was out in the world. I wasn't trapped behind a desk under fluorescent lights. I was writing. So I was expressing myself. And I was also curious about the laws of the universe nature. I was inspired by my friend, my best friend, who was my dog, who would just sit there. And now I have a new dog, Tucker, who's my best buddy you know? And so I think it really does come full circle where the world tries to tell us what we should be. And we go through these phases where people don't understand. Um, like me, I was made fun of for wanting to write on recess instead of like play hopscotch or something. And, and that was just me being me, but the world and people had shown me that that's not acceptable. And what I learned come full circle is that who we are is the most important thing we can be in expressing ourselves and being happy. And the more comfortable you are being who you are, the more your life will be amazing. Oh, I so agree. I feel like your story is similar to mine in a lot of ways. I feel like I was quite a sensitive kid. And so the messages from other people I picked up on very quickly. And it sounds like you were kind of similar. It, it was very, yes. you were very conscious of how other people were perceiving you. And that really hurt. Do you feel like you were a sensitive child? 100%. And and even as an adult, I'm a very sensitive adult, but now I have the tools to be able to manage that and understand how to protect myself and not take things so personally. But I think a lot of people and people listening and people who come to our work, we are sensitive because we care so much and we have such big hearts. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being sensitive. It's just in this world, we don't really have, a lot of us don't have the training as children to understand that this is just who we are because we have big hearts and we want to make a difference in the world. We want to help people. Um, you know, it was one of those things where a lot of people were picking on me and same with you, but it was more importantly about us understanding who we are and what we can offer the world. Oh, I absolutely agree. I now see my sensitivity as one of my greatest strengths. You know, I, yes. wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing the work I do if I didn't have a sensitive heart. And I'm sure you feel the same. Yes, yes, it's beautiful. So I want to talk now, Shannon, about our future selves and the importance in believing in our future self. When you were in that moment on your bathroom floor, did you have a picture of what your future self could look like? And if not, how did you, how did you start moving towards another vision? You know, it's interesting because on that bathroom floor, I didn't have clarity. All I had was the message, follow your heart and you will be happier than you ever thought possible. And I didn't know what that looked like until I started to remove what wasn't working. So I would, first thing I did was went to my closet and I removed clothes. I cluttered and in any recovery program, one of the first things they often ask you to do is to clean house. And I think that's really what it was on a subconscious level. I was getting rid of stuff that no longer made sense in my life. And I think we can all do this when we're wanting to make a change in our life because we're actually signaling to the universe that, Hey, this is not 
not needed. I actually want to open up room for something else to come to me. And so as I did that, I then almost created this catalyst, this kind of platform for the inspiration for my future self to come to me. Because as I was cleaning out my stuff and things under my bed, I found a postcard from Paris. And when I looked at that, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to go to Paris. I have never been to Paris. And this desire was so strong that I got myself a plane ticket and I went to Paris and I had never wrote since I was like maybe, you know, nine-year-old self was the last poems in my little spiral notebook, but I felt guided to bring my laptop. And so I brought my laptop and I wrote, I wrote about blogs of, they weren't called blogs then, but they were emails to my family. And then within hours, I got these messages from people I never met. And they said, Shannon, your mom forwarded me your email. And I went to that same chocolate shop. You brought me right back there. Oh my gosh, I love Paris. And that was the moment where I said, this is my future self. I am going to be a travel writer. I am going to connect with people because there was this experience of me making a difference by my words, by sharing my truth, by just sharing my experience. And in doing that, I was able to help someone else feel for a moment. You're so inspiring. Your story really blows my mind. How did you get out of this successful life you had created in the advertising world? Like you said, you had everything that a dream life looks like on Pinterest and you had the partner lying next to you who you were crying yourself to sleep next to. How did you sort of back yourself out of the life that didn't feel like your own? It's a beautiful question. And it is the most important question because I think a lot of us get confused and think, you know, jump in the net will appear. That's nice in theory, but mine was actually very, very methodical. And it was one step at a time, one step, which meant, okay, today I can make a plan and I'll clean out my clutter. And I had a big picture view as far as, okay, now I know that I want to be an author. So what does it mean for me to get there? One step at a time, I'm still in advertising. The advertising is paying the bills and I'm thankful for that. So I put myself on a three-month program and I said, okay, I'm going to move in three months. I'm going to save every single paycheck and I'm going to move back to the West Coast. And you know what's interesting enough? Two weeks later, the head of HR called me in and said, Shannon, we lost the account that you work on. We no longer need your service at the agency. Here's your severance package. And that severance package was exactly the amount I had planned on saving in the three months, but the universe had gifted it to me much sooner. And so I was able to leave sooner. And I think it's because I was on the right track of pursuing my passion and purpose. And so I get that not everyone has these lump sum monies fall in their lap because that's, you know, but what this story really shares and is when we connect to our truth and we believe in ourselves, and we take daily action to focus forward, we will get what we want because the universe really steps in to help us get there. And so it wasn't once I moved back to Portland, it's not like I just started writing right away. I did start to get clarity on what I wanted to write about, but I still took freelance jobs for about two to three years. I was taking freelance work in marketing. The beautiful part is I could work at home in my slippers with my awesome dog Tucker, but I was able to create my life coaching practice on the side in the evenings and really start to write my first book. So it's what I say is we learn the way on the way. So take one step at a time and build your bridge. Oh, I like that. We learn the way on the way. Yeah. I appreciate your message because you do see a lot of people sort of say, just jump in and it will catch you. But that's not my nature. And, and to sort of hear that 
often makes me feel uneasy. So I like the way you're more like take a step towards that, take a step towards that life you envisage for yourself. Absolutely. It's so important. And I think it's important because the more steps we take, the more we really start to get what we want faster. I actually implemented, what can I do today? What three things can I do today that my future self will hug me for? You know, it's kind of, and I was like, because I'm a hugger. (laughs) What three things can I do today that my future self will hug me for? Yes. And, and, and I do that every day, even now, you know, six, seven years later and my dreams manifest very fast. Like I have books coming out and I have these great speaking opportunities and all these things because I put in the work and I think it's not work when you're truly aligned with your truth. And so what that means is in the beginning, the three things could have been like, well, my big goal is to be a writer. So today I'm going to research self-publishing and traditional publishing. I'm going to learn how to get a literary agent. You know, a lot of us say, well, how do I do it? I'm waiting for someone to just give me the answer. We have to become our resources. We have to learn the way on the way. And so I I basically took myself back to life school, if you will, and taught myself how to be an author. And and it was a beautiful journey. Very cool. Talking about this concept of a future self, what do you mean when you're talking about a future self? Yeah, so this is an instrumental part of my healing because it was uh, about a year after I had left corporate and I still wasn't an author. I was still kind of freelancing pretty much full time. I was living in my parents' basement in my late 20s and I was stuck. And I sat there again crying, but a different type because I was trying to make my dreams come true and they weren't. So it wasn't so much of a desperate cry, like, what am I going to do? It was more of things aren't flowing type of crying, <laughs> which we have often. Right? I like that, the, the different type of cry. It's not the but like, was- oh, I'm so, this is the worst thing ever. It's like, this just hurts cry. <laughs> yeah, it still hurts though. It's like, why? I care so much and then why aren't things flowing? And I had this instant clarity where I actually said, well, what would your future self do? Imagine the future Shannon or the future self three years down the road. And she has figured this out. She is smarter, wiser, healthier. She has the things you're working towards. What advice does she have for you? And it was this novel idea for me because she said, you know, and and this is what I ask all my life coaching clients when they first worked me too. And that's the most important question I ask them is what does your future self say? Because we get so bombarded with anxiety anxiety and worry. And our future self always, always, always says something along the lines of it's going to be okay. You're right where you need to be or settle down there, girl. You're doing amazing. Give yourself more credit. Right. And then we shift our perspective. And so what happened is I began to become my own friend through this process. I began to lessen the fear and the things and the thoughts of maybe I'm doing it wrong. And I just said, well, my future self says that, you know, this is all part of the learning and this is, I have to build trust in the community. I, I'm not going to be like, you know, getting everything you want right away because that's, it takes away the fun of being alive. And so it became a more gentle way to live. And now it's an instrumental part of my own success and happiness, really. Oh my gosh. I just had a flashback to when I started coaching with you and realized (laughs) you did. You asked me that question. What would your future self say? I'd kind of forgotten that for a little bit there. I need need to go back and look at those answers. That was like a year and a half ago. And you said, it's going to be amazing. It's going to work out. And and it's going so well. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yes. Use yourself. So this sort of answers my next question a little bit already, but have you always believed in yourself or did you really have those moments of self-doubt? 
I think this is a great, beautiful question because it's kind of layered. And I think when we really get to the heart of it, I think in my soul, I always believed in myself. But at the same time, there are definitely times when I didn't, when I was in depression and addiction and I was just cycling through, going through the motions, there was no belief at all. I mean, I didn't even know if life was worth living. And so it wasn't like, I believe in myself. Oh, this is amazing. I'm going to heal. It was like, is this all there is? Is this really what life is about? But once I really removed the layers of fear and the habits and the self-sabotaging patterns, which I talk about in my book, Adventure for your soul, all the patterns that we as humans kind of fall onto that keep us hindering, hindered from happiness, it really became a matter of me understanding that the most powerful way we can move forward in any situation, no matter what, whether we want to lose weight, whether we want to get out of debt, whether we want to like land our soulmate or dream job, it all comes back to believing in yourself. And in order to really believe in yourself, you have to like yourself. So my full-time mission became to become my own best friend. How did you cultivate that, Shannon? How did you keep working on becoming your own best friend? It's a great, great thing that we all have the opportunity to do, which is showing up for yourself. And it starts by how we talk to ourselves. We, you know, I used to avoid mirrors. I used to hate myself. And part of my anxiety and depression and being in a relationship with someone who, you know, wasn't the best for me was because I was settling. And I think a lot of us do settle because we get comfortable. We say, well, you know, I'm making money or yeah, this is, this is okay. And, and in the settling, we kind of don't really allow ourselves to be there for ourselves. So I raised my standards. And I think it really starts with raising your standards and saying, you know what, I do matter. I have this life. I want to live it as fully as possible because this is what I got. And so where where in my life can I have more joy? And that's really what it's about. And, and I realized me, the way I talked to myself was not joyful at all. I said horrible things about myself to myself. Now, when I look in the mirror, I love who I see. I smile. I like pinch my cheeks and say, you're so cute. You know, like <laughs> just like fun stuff, right? Because I'm my friend. And I think when you're your friend and you go through life, you really can have a much more joyful experience. Oh, I hear you. I feel like so many of us, I know myself at times in my life, I've treated myself like my own worst enemy. Like I've treated yeah, myself so much more poorly than I would a good friend. And It's um, true. Yeah, and I know that so many of us do it. We're so hard on ourselves and it's a lot of it is because of think of the child who all of a sudden did something where they felt like their true self, me writing in the field, right? And someone pokes at you or says something or the world tells you that's not right. And so we build up these barriers and we build up these kind of beliefs that we are not the way we should be. And then we take this into adulthood and we attack ourselves as we look in the mirror. And so I really believe with all of my heart that when we can be kinder to ourselves, we can truly improve the world. And that was the turning point for me because I was on a mission to help other people be happy. I was going on TV shows. I was talking to people about how to be happy. And at the same time, I would go home and like not be able to look in the mirror because I didn't like the way I, I my body. And I realized that's when something needed to change. And it clicked for me when I said, if I'm so so committed to raising the vibration on the planet and helping people be happy, then when I choose to love myself, that is the greatest way that I can improve the happiness on the planet because that's one less person suffering. And that became the mission. Yes. 
Absolutely. I am on board with that. I've noticed that the more I have believed in myself and invested in myself and treated myself like I would expect a friend to treat me, the more I've had to offer everyone else. Yes, absolutely. It's so beautiful. And we need more friends that are kind. So let's be our friends. Let's be our own one. I like it. Look, I think we'd all agree that the world's been a little crazy lately. Uh, As a collective, the emotions have been running pretty high in the last few months. There's been a lot of confusion, anxiety, and fear, I would say. I was reading one of your emails recently that you send out weekly, and I noted that you mentioned how this volatile political climate has left many of your audience and even you at times feeling hopeless. Can you talk us through what you've noticed with these sort of strange recent times in both yourself and uh, those you coach or those in your community? Yeah, and this is a very important topic and touchy because it's not a political topic. It's a topic about love versus fear. And I think right now, more than ever, the world is in a place of we are seeing these extreme contrasts, extreme contrasts, people believing one thing, other people's believing something else. And so what's happening is there's this conscious shift, not to get too deep into it, but in the world, we're seeing a conscious shift where people are being asked to step up and and really stand for what they believe in. But what I have noticed um, is that fear is driving everyone. And so no matter who you voted for, um, I think it's important to talk about that in the American kind of political landscape, but also it's affecting the whole entire world because the American president right now is uh, very different than any president we've ever had. And there's a lot of people who really support him and there's a lot of people who can't understand why. So in this experience, we're being asked to look at our own stuff. And what I mean by that is, No matter where you fall, most of us are falling into fear because we're either attacking someone who doesn't believe what we believe or we're attacking kind of the idea of what's going to happen for the future. And so where I'm going with this is all of it comes back to the own hate in our own heart. And I think this this is happening as a collective world. The, the history repeats itself. So now more than ever, we really have to look at, and I am a big believer in all of the work that I do comes back to choosing love. And so we have, there was a while in the beginning when the president was first inaugurated and stepped in, I was like, oh my God, I got to stop li- watching my news feed. Like this is, this is craziness. And it was just all over. And the more we look at the world outside, And the more we kind of pay attention to what's going on, the less we are able to align with our own truth. So I did an experiment and for a couple, maybe like a whole week, I actually talked to a friend and she was like, it was one of the days that the president had done something. The the big um the immigration law was, was just passed. The, yep, the ban. That was the day. The big ban. It was that day. And she's like, I was like, oh my gosh, you know what's going on? Oh my god, blah blah. And she's like, I have had the best day. I've been in self care. I did a massage. I went to yoga. And she's like, I think it's funny that all these anti Trump supporters are freaking out. All these Trump supporters, like the world is going crazy. But I had a beautiful day. And I was like, yes, we can all have beautiful days. And it's not being naive. It's not being ignoring what's going on. It's actually being completely responsible because we have to take care of ourselves before we can even tend to the other problems in the world. And when we choose love, care, and self-respect, that will bleed out because the people who are attacking other people aren't in a respect mode. They're not respecting themselves. They're in fear. And fear cannot exist where love is. 
and we have to align with love. And so now I wake up in the morning and I'm not, I'm not in fear. Again, I had to practice. We always have to show up. It was just the first kind of couple of weeks where I was like, Oh my God, what's going on? But now I know 100%. I walk around lately this week with a permagrin because I am so connected and in tune with who I am, where I'm going, what I'm offering the world. And I think we all have an opportunity to walk around with permagrins. That's how we change the world. I like that. I like that. Permagrins. I'm going to remember that. Or just put on our permagrins. I think, I think that's a really good um, question though, is, you know, how do we, if we think that we're falling into that fear trap, yes. how do we show up in love. I know yes. that in your book, Adventures for Your Soul, you have a whole chapter called Your Fear Detox. Is yeah. that something that we can start with? Or how do you know, I, how do we change yeah. this fear into love? Besides the permigrant. I do like the permigrant a lot. Yeah. And and with the permigrant too, it's not forced or fake. I think a lot of people are like, <laughs> oh, they're happy. Just paint on a smile. Yeah, that's not what it is at all. It's just really about being so connected to where you're going and what you're doing and how you're doing that is by taking action. So yes, the fear detox is a very smart chapter, but there's actually a better chapter for this topic, which is lean into love. And that really tells us how to choose love over fear. So for me, it means reducing the amount of negativity that I allow into my life. So I'm not going to surround myself with people who are not open-minded. I have so many friends and beautiful family members who actually support the opposite of what I believe in. But I have love hanging out with them because they're open and they're not trying to convince me we can all exist together and choose to be in the same space. So something Brene Brown said that was really beautiful is a lot of people were reaching out to her, the author of, she's the author of a lot of great books, actually. I talk about um, Brene a lot. So yeah, if people listen to my podcast, I hope they've heard of Brene Brown. Yeah, Gifts of imperfection, amazing. people. Gifts of imperfection. That one is amazing. <laughs> yes. And so she talked about this just last week on a lot of people reaching out and saying, how do I teach my children? I have these family members who, who believe something different and there's these causing these arguments. And she had a friend who actually a teacher of hers that said, what a beautiful gift that they have. And she was confused by that. And, and she said, what do you mean? And she said, your children can see what it's like to love someone who has a different belief. And that's really what it comes back down to is we can still love someone. We can still send love to the things we hate. And that is how we rise above. And it takes practice. But when you do it, you show up for yourself. And this means standing up for what you believe in. So for me, I'm on the senator call list and every day, like I'm making a call to make sure my voice is heard and I'm doing the things that I think are important and I'm standing up for what I believe in and I'm signing petitions because I care. And these are things that a lot of us don't do or haven't done before, but right now we're being asked to really do what we again believe in. And so it all comes back to believing in what you care about. I like that. So you're saying it's not about sitting there and just getting angry and hateful. It's about turning your love and your beliefs into action. Action. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I can do that. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Talking about our personal power, and I feel like a lot of people have been feeling powerless lately with everything that's going on. How, how do we give our personal power away? I think a lot of us give our personal power away and, and, you know, the political environment, of course, but also in our own life, in our own situation, in our households. A lot of times when we don't speak our truth 
And also with the situation, which we just talked about, a lot of us are, are falling into fear because we're uncertain of the outcome. And this is what I talk about in the fear detox chapter. When you're uncertain of the outcome, it really causes this shutting down of self where we retreat from the world and we stop focusing on taking action. So the real fix is like we, we really said is to start to say, well, what really matters to me? What is important? What do I stand for? These are power questions. Free write on them, take out your journal, write on them, or just ask yourself, what do I really care about? And how can I show up for that? And so for me, I care so much about being a a light and helping people see the truth. And so every day my actions align with that in my household, in my family, in my social media, in my business, in my own personal life. When I look in the mirror, when I pet my dog, Tucker, every single action is about aligning with that. So ask yourself, what is it you really care about? And here's the thing. It's not about convincing other people to be or get on board with you. It's just about you being you. And when you are true to you, that's infectious. I agree. It's so infectious. The people who are most authentic, like I think I described it once, is it's kind of like, you know, when the moth is just driven towards the light or the bugs are outside and they all want the light. I feel like when people are really authentic, you just kind of like a magnet, you're drawn to them. Yes, yes. Fear. I feel like it's a really big issue for us at the moment and in the world. And reading one of one of your quotes out of Adventures for Your Soul, you say that fear is like junk food. It's convenient, it's easy to access, and it seems to be everywhere, but that doesn't mean that we have to buy into it. How do we make sure we aren't unconsciously falling into that trap? I think it's beautiful because I know you have um, a lot of health conscious people listening too. And this is a great metaphor because think of it when we shift to a healthier diet. A lot of times we're in autopilot and our our system gets used to the processed foods and the junk foods and we get kind of just functioning around and we function fine. But it's not until you really start to implement organics or healthy food or you start to do more yoga or you start to like talk to yourself more kind, all the self-care activities, do you really see the difference? And I think we're so used to fear that we don't really know. And it's not until we start to shift to a more open-minded, positive, and accepting point of view, do we really see and feel the difference. And so how do we do that? We actually make a choice. We say, okay, for today, I'm going to try. Because think about how hard it is to break yourself off of sugar or quit caffeine or anything, try to lose weight, right? All these things we've tried to do. Think of how hard it is at first. But when you're ready, when you're truly committed and ready, it's much easier. Always. Always. So with all of this recent political stuff, I've noticed many people really are kind of feeling helpless and powerless. And obviously that's not something that's just relevant in a political situation. It can be relevant in our everyday lives as well. But how do we go about regaining our personal power? So it starts, there's, there's obviously it starts by asking yourself, where do I feel powerless? And in this experience, you start to open up to things that you, that you realize fear may have been in the driver's seat, driver's seat. So ask yourself, 
what is holding me back and how do we reclaim our power? It really does honestly start with self-care because we have to be able to take care of ourselves before we can help our family, before we can help others, but also tuning out what does not serve you. So I stopped following the news feeds because, you know, it's not serving me. I start, you're going to hear about the important stuff, uh, you know, watching and, and talking to certain people about the situations and you just align with your truth. Align with your truth. I'm, I'm the same. I've shut down a lot of social media over the last little while and um, needed to block out the noise. I'm a big believer in turning out, you know, tuning out of all the noise because regardless of the political climate, I think when people are in business, for example, or the online entrepreneurial world, there's so much noise out there. And I often hear friends sort of saying, I've listened to this person and this person and this person, and I can't make up my mind what to do. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like it's so much better when we just listen to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think that that's such a key because it really does come back to the world out there is going to keep worlding. And it's, you know, <laughs> I like that. Well, we got, yeah, we got to return to our world, the inner world. That's the most important one. The inner world. Shannon, I ask everyone who I interview a little set of intermission questions that just take us off our topic and break up the interview a little bit. So I would love to throw those at you right now. Cool. Are you ready? I'm game. Okay. Yes. So it's like I, a game show. I know, right? <laughs> this is totally the game show part. Are you a morning person or a night person? Oh, definitely a night person. Oh, I love it with you. See, and there's no wrong answers to this game show. That's the best bet. Do you find that you stay up late? Or I do. My <laughs> bedtime's usually around midnight or one. And <laughs> I, I write. You're absolutely a night person. <laughs> and it's because I get my best writing done and my best, um, you know, I, I do coaching and I do a lot of the like kind of kind of the structure part of the business in the day, but like my inspiration floods to me in the evening. So I just keep my creative channels open then. <laughs> I love it. I, I can't take coaching clients before 10 o'clock in the morning. Otherwise, I'm literally <laughs> not awake. So anyway, uh, what is currently on your nightstand? Is it where you do your writing? Do you do your writing in bed? Uh, you know, I do maybe once a week, once every other couple of weeks. You know what I read last night before I went to bed? Oh my God, are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> my manuscript for my next book, Play With the World. Ah! Oh <laughs> I my it, gosh. I sent it so, so, <laughs> so he's been on, on this the is, journey with me. This is, yeah. this is behind the scenes gossip, people. This is um, so good. How many books have you quietly been writing, Shannon? <laughs> I'm quietly writing. Well, I'm quietly writing two books. I have one book coming out this year. So really it's three books that are in the work, but I traveled last year. I went and lived in nine different countries for six months. My heart was calling me to do that. And as I did that, my agent, he'd call me cause we're working on my next book, the self-love experiment. And he's just like, so where are you now? He was so confused and I didn't <laughs> tell him I was going cause I was writing a book, but I sent him the book play with the world. And now he wrote me yesterday and he actually, he called me. And he said, Shannon, oh my God, this is amazing and beautiful and exemplary are the words. And that was like the the biggest, I could die today oh and be my happy. Oh gosh, like, the seriously. The fact that my agent loves it. And he said, now I know why you were in all those crazy countries because <laughs> you're writing a book. <laughs> that is such no one ever uses that word. I mean, how no. good is exemplary? And, and he's an amazing agent. And when he said that, like, 
usually he's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's, you know, personal development. I see what you write about. But when he said that about my work, it was like, yes. And he said, wow. And the first chapter opens up on, on the plane as I'm flying. And he, and as I describe why I'm going to, I have a one-way ticket to Africa, you know, and as I was going through that, so he was talking so highly of it. I was like, I got to go back and read what I sent him. What is he talking about? <laughs> that good? And so last night I read through the chapters again. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go off topic a little bit here. That's is fine. it funny when, what's it like to reread your own work? Not when you're writing it, but to, to read it. Do you feel like you experience it at a different level? Yeah. You know, in fact, I always, always read my books before they come out multiple, multiple times. And as I do, I always separate myself from it because in the draft phase, I'm always writing it, right? Like, how can this be better? What can I do here? But when it gets to a point where I'm reading it, I put myself in the reader's perspective and how are they going to see it? How are they going to perceive it? And is it universal? Maybe will they relate? And that's what I did last night where it doesn't really feel like me because I'm pulling people into the story by what I share and how I share it. So it's very much a um, travelogue. It's, I, I fully believe that this book is, I can't wait for it to get out into the world. So Self-Love Experiment is your next book, and that's going to be yeah. later this year. When yeah. Do, uh, you probably don't know this yet, but when, when would you predict Play With the World's going to come out? Well, Self-Love Experiment comes out this August, and the track we're on, I'm really hoping that Play With the World comes out in 2018, Ooh. which would be amazing. Stay and posted. Yeah, stay posted. So that's what's on my nightstand right now. <laughs> your own book. Your own, own book, book and I, manuscript I format. If that's pretentious, but it's me. <laughs> no, but it's a manuscript performance. It's perfect. Yeah. You, you were kind of working, work, kind I'm of not. actually in working mode, yeah. right? Yeah, I was, was going to say, it's kind of working, so it's allowed to be on your nightstand. Normally, I have other books from like Elizabeth Gilbert, or we'll she's talk- my favorite author, so. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that in a second. So what is your favorite self-care activity? You know, it's very fun that you ask that because a lot of times we're like, oh, I love self-care. But for me, my favorite self-care activity, aside from taking baths, which I love bubble baths. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. Sometimes I take two a day is to actually follow my dreams because when I follow my dreams, I am so fulfilled. And I know that's what I help other people do because that is self-care when you activate your heart and your mission in life to be true to you. I can't agree with that more. Like I, my personal story, you know, as a stay at home mom burning out and then to come and start my own business. Whoa, was that? And that was just a a huge act of self-care for me because my soul's voice just needed to be expressed. So sitting down at my desk every day is pure joy for me. I love it. All right. So now your favorite book. Now you can tell me all about Elizabeth Gilbert. (laughs) No, I love, I love Eat, Pray, Love. I still do. And um, I just love Elizabeth Gilbert in general and her writing. And I feel she's very much influenced me in a, in my own career, just because here's someone who is expressing her truth in such a vulnerable way. So I really like her, but I'm also into, believe it or not, I love dog books where they're written from the dog's perspective. Cause I'm <laughs> dog animal. <laughs> so, I, I love it. I was not expecting that. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Yeah. And so they're fiction of course, but I like the art of racing in the rain is a fabulous book about it's all through the dog's perspective. And the book I actually am reading right now, right before I started getting heavy into writing. So I had to put it down for a little while is a dog's purpose. And it's all about like the dog and how he sees the world. So I feel like it's helping me connect with my animals better. <laughs> Yay. How old is Tucker now? Tucker, you know, I adopted him and so you don't I, have his exact birthday. 
but I believe he's between like 12, he's probably closer to 13, but he's, he's a trooper and he's doing so good and he's so happy that we're back together. Oh, I'm sure he is. If you go over to Shannon's website, she often has Tucker hanging out in the background (laughs) with her play with the world videos. I I love it when he pops up. I'm like, he's so great. What's really fun is when I would do the videos, like we'd be on hikes and he's like all exploring. And as soon as I push play, he comes right over and like puts his his head by my thigh, like when we're on, because he wants to be part of it. And it's just really sweet. (laughs) He's awesome. Your favorite mistake, Shannon, do you have one, a turn in life that kind of may have taken you off track for a second to help you come back again? I have quite a few and I think you could do some of the, the, you know, like the relationships that just were so wrong. But the big one that stands out, of course, is going into advertising and pursuing that. It wasn't a mistake at all. So it feels a little weird calling that. I know. It was the best thing for me though, right? Yeah. It's a detour. I I think I should just rename that. What's your favorite detour in life? Well, the best detour, because of that advertising, I now teach marketing classes at the Portland Art Institute when I am home and not traveling. And to be mentors and teach the college students because of my experience in advertising. And also I'm able to run my own business very efficiently because of my background in design and advertising. So I'm so thankful for that and the people I met. Uh, But without that, I would not have known what it's like to not like your job. And so I'm very (laughs) thankful for that. (laughs) Do you think there's something in that that we can appreciate what we have more when we know what the other side is like? Yeah, I do. 100%. And it's so important to know that everything we go through is part of our life experience to help us learn more for sure. What is one thing in your day that you can't do without? I would say connecting with people. I love what I do, whether it's through the coaching or just connecting like this. This is so fun for me. Um, It's very important for me to make a connection and, and just know that I'm able to be with someone else, be there for someone else, or just support someone in some way. I have have not had a chance to ask you this, so I'm just going to be nosy for myself now, being from the psych background I am. Would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert, Shannon, or somewhere in between? That's a great question. So for the longest time, people would say, you're an extrovert because I'm always like happy at the party and stuff. But um, over the past few years, I really realized I need sanctuary. I need downtime. And when I'm in social environments afterwards, I sometimes get like on public experience, like when I'm doing public speaking, I get so jazzed up. So I'm definitely in between. You're an ambivert. It just depends. I guess so. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, but- ambiverts are totally things. I'm an ambivert. And people oh, often good. people often mistake me for extroverted. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to shut myself away from the world to revive. I, I so sit in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. So that's a, it's a fine balance. And I think it depends on the circumstance. But, um, yes, so important to find balance. The last question in this set, how would you describe the soul? The soul is our true self, our higher self, and I often say our heart, which gets a little convoluted. It's not the heart, the organ, but it's the spiritual heart that is the knowing within us. And our soul does not need to heal. Our soul doesn't need to, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with us. I think a lot of us feel like we need to be fixed. Our soul is our inner guide that is our wisdom leading us forward. Oh, our inner guide that is our wisdom leading us forward. Mm-hmm. Oh, that leads really nicely into what we're talking about here today, which is 
believing in our future selves and reclaiming our power. And finally, I want to talk about trusting ourselves. So how do we know when we trust ourselves? And if we're not really sure if we do trust ourselves or not, how can we start? Yes. I think first thing is we can look at our patterns. We can look at the situations in our life. Do you keep finding yourself in situations that are really not excellent for you? Are you dating the same guy over and over, but a different guy? You know, are you in the same job that is really suffocating your soul? Like we look at our patterns and a lot of times we make choices when we don't trust ourselves based on what society says is best, what our friends and family. Another way you know if you don't trust yourself is if you're asking every single person, hey, should I do this? What should I do? You have your best friend you call and, and you can't make a choice on your own without confining in a lot of people. And this is how a lot of us are. It's just kind of human nature. And so what we want to do is start to trust ourselves more because your inner guide knows better than anyone else. And you truly do. I mean, how often have you made a choice and you're like, oh, I had that gut feeling at the beginning. I should have listened to myself, right? Yeah. A lot of times, all of us, right? <laughs> That's your inner voice. That's your trust. So we want to ask ourselves too, um, I feel like there's two types of people in the world, in the, in the world of relationships. There's the people who trust someone from the get go, and then they have to do something to disearn that trust. And then there's the other group of people who you have to earn the trust and it takes time. And so we look at that, which one would you say you are, Kate? I do you know what I have become more trusting and I yeah. was just chuckling because in the personality assessment I use with my coaching clients there's a scale that actually measures this how trusting people are in the world around them yes and whether they give people the benefit of the doubt or whether they come in with a good dose of sort of skepticism I I used to be less trusting because I'd been hurt. So I put up barriers. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But as yes. I've connected with myself more over the last few years, I've really brought those barriers down and I feel like I approach the world in a much more trusting way. Yes. And you said it beautifully and best because when we've been hurt, we often don't trust as much. And so when we've hurt ourselves or made choices, a lot of times we are walking around carrying hurt from the past, maybe a relationship didn't work out the way we wanted. And instead of being mad at that person, we're actually mad at ourselves. but we haven't allowed ourselves oh. to really feel that or forgive ourselves. Or we made a job and we're like, God, we're stuck in life. So we actually hurt ourselves and we don't trust ourselves. So looking at that and forgiving yourself is the best possible way to move forward and start to say, okay, I want to mend this relationship. I want to trust me. Well, that is so, that makes so much sense of the power of forgiving yourself. Yeah. Is there ways that we can cultivate that connection with our inner voice? Absolutely. I think, first of all, start to get in touch with when you hear, some people feel it. It's a feeling like I should not go to that party tonight. I don't know why, but I'm not going. And then later you hear someone was there or something, right? Um, it really comes back down to learning your own intuitive nudges. And so we get these gut feelings, we get these knowings, we also get these insights. And so that's where kind of the insight of your future self comes in. If you keep having an insight, a vision of something, pop into your head over and over. That is a, that's a knowing, that's a inner guide, trusting, kind of giving you nudges and, like and it. it's important to trust it. Yeah. So when things won't leave us alone, we should listen, right? 100%. <laughs> I'm, I'm all on board for that. <laughs> I like it. So you've, you would describe it as there's something sort of that rises up in you and will pop up and, and that's, that's that inner knowing. 
Yes, I think that's important. But also knowing, um, really, it's not as hard as we think it is, because when it feels expansive, and what I mean by that is it feels uh, less resistance, because fear is resistance. So if you're thinking about making a choice, which one would your inner guide want to lead you to? It's really about this, uh, which path feels the most joyful, as easy as that. I feel like you've given so many practical tips throughout this podcast that like it's going to be the type of uh, recording that people are going to have to listen back through and take notes so they can apply it to their lives. But Shannon, is there anything that, that you think you could leave a listener with that they could go and very easily take from this podcast that might help embed some of the lessons and thoughts we've been talking about? Yeah, you know, I have my mantra book, so I'll draw a mantra for all of us. I love that. I was going to say, this is what Shannon does at the end of her coaching sessions. And it's like one of my favorite parts because it's like Shannon's wisdom comes through via a book. It's brilliant. You you all need to go and find this book. Seriously, it's amazing. It's called Find Your Happy Daily Mantras. It is, yeah. And I'm laughing because I was going to, a lot of times I mantras are powerful statements that can help you really move forward in life. But what's interesting is the mantra that came to me to share with everyone is, is I was going to say, trust your heart. It knows what your head has yet to figure out because a lot of times we overanalyze, but this doesn't mean that you just go blindly forward on your heart. It just means you start to trust it. And then we bring our head along. You know, every choice I've made has been um, with my heart in the driver's seat, but also taking in the considerations, right? So being smart about it. And so as I, as I say that, I'm going to open up this mantra that we got, which is actually kind of funny because it ties to that. And so this is the mantra, my I just opened. So the did way you this randomly works, draw this for us, right? I 100% just did just now as I was talking. Yeah. I definitely don't ever plan them the way this works. And this is turning into a mantra card deck, by the way, that's coming out next January. I'm so excited. Ooh, so you won't even have to flick through the book. We can just, just take pick a card. card. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. So for this, uh, what I do is I just say, what message do we need right now? And whoever's listening, this is the message for us. And it, it always, as Kate can say at the life coaching, it always ties our sessions up nice. So this is a beautiful one. It's life. Um, so it's page 169, day number 165. Life is a balancing act of holding on and letting go. Oh, And I'll read it. The art of letting go is a surrendering process guided by love and light. If you grasp onto outcomes or people or even situations out of fear, then you restrict the flow of possibilities coming into your life. So recognize there are different chapters to your life. And sometimes people, places, even situations are meant to be released. Know that nothing is ever lost because it will be in your heart forever. So the power question, everyone is what am I holding on to that is ready to be released? Oh, that is so powerful. What am I holding on to that is ready to be released? First thing that comes to your mind is the exact thing that you should be releasing. So good. That is so relevant to giving away our personal power too. Yeah. This is what freaks me out about every time you open up that book and draw a mantra is how relevant they are. It's so great. Thank you, universe. Yeah, it just shows how much support we have around us in the universe as well. That's always there for us. 
hope you had as much fun listening to that as I had recording it. I always find Shannon a breath of fresh air and she has so many inspirational messages. Coming back to some of the things she said in the podcast that you could take back and really bring into your life today. She mentioned how she starts her day with asking herself, what are three things that I can do today that my future self would thank me for? I love that. I so love that. And I need to make sure I do that with my daily to-do list. That mantra she left us with right at the end as well. Life is a balancing act of holding on and letting go. Is there anything that you are possibly holding on to that is perhaps sucking up some of your personal power that you might need to let go of in your life to make space, as Shannon spoke about when she was talking about that process she took to move out of the life that didn't feel right and into creating one that did. Now, as I mentioned at the start, Shannon is my writing and business coach. She has walked with me alongside my journey with Thrive.How almost right from the start, and I have appreciated her so thoroughly. So if you've ever considered a writing or business coach, I would totally recommend you check her out. She is over at www.playwiththeworld.com. Shannon also does life coaching, but if you're not looking for coaching, she also has some online courses. I will put them in the show notes, but there is one with Mind Body Green about finding your calling. So if that might be something that interests you, check out the show notes or head over to my website at www.thrive.how forward slash Shannon. Now the books we reference in the podcast that are currently available are Adventures for Your Soul and the Find Your Happy Daily Mantras. Shannon also has another book called Find Your Happy. The Self-Love Experiment is going to be released in August 2017. So if you're listening after that date, you can get your hot hands on that one as well. Shannon also mentioned her daily mantras are turning into a card deck, which will be available in January 2018. All of those links, again, will be in the show notes or over at thrive.how forward slash Shannon. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love if you could share it with a friend who you think might appreciate Shannon's insight and wisdom. And if you have a couple of spare moments, I would love if you could leave a little review just so I know that you're out there. It means the world to me. I'll be back next week with some more inspiration to help keep you thriving in this life. Till then, 